Welcome to the Urban University Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Daniel. I am in 7th grade at Strong Midsent Middle School and have been a part of Urban University for 3 months. Along with me today is my co-host, Nancy. Hi, this is Nancy and I'm in 7th grade at East Middle School. This series is focused on our fall semester theme, Direction, Not Perfection, and how leaders in our community have learned from and continue to apply this principle in their personal and professional lives. We have in the studio to share their story of direction of perfection, Ms. Dion Wallace Oakley. Welcome and thanks for being here. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here, Daniel yes. and Nancy. And Nancy, thank you. <laughs> um, so how was your day today? My day was wonderful. I always uh, love that question because my husband always says every day is a good day. Some are just better than others. Hmm. So do you have any days where it's not better than the others? Rarely. Rarely. That's good to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a good question to follow up with that because, I mean, personally for me, I was interested is how do you have rarely bad days? Because that, I think, is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. So how do you have rarely any bad days? Yeah, I think it's all mind over matter, right? So I do believe that we all have a responsibility to decide if we're going to have a good day or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have to be involved with people every day. And I think if we allow ourselves to be taken in by what people say or pay, what people do, then your mood or your attitude can just fluctuate, you know, every other minute. And so I think it's up to us to determine that we're going to have a good day no matter what. Do you have a do you have those days where you're just tired of people? Well, you know, I again, mind over matter, right? Um, are there days that, you know, I may say, wow, it's been a long day. And that may mean um, that I'm a little tired. Absolutely, because we are all human. But again, I think we have to decide for ourselves what our day is going to be no matter what, even if something does happen to maybe surprise you a little bit or disappoint you a little bit. You have to decide in your mind, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to respond to this and do so accordingly? And I always like to say, stay in the helicopter. You know what that means? No. Could you explain? I absolutely can. So someone once said, when they go low, we go high. You know what that means? Uh, No. Okay, let's take it another level. (laughs) If something happens and it, again, disappoints you or doesn't satisfy you or whatever, we have the tendency to gravitate towards that. We may sulk over it or we may, you know, respond in a way that may not necessarily be favorable. So you just have to make up in your mind that you're going to make sure you stay up here instead of going. So it's kind of like going north instead of going south. And we know what's south and we know what's north. Right. So look at it in that way. Do you have anything to say? Mm. And you can segue into a new topic. You can stay on this topic because I think we got a good good idea of kind of the answer to that question, that it would be good to either talk about our position or other things like Family. that. Yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of people who want to ask this question. Are you originally from Erie? Actually, I am not. I actually was born in Jersey City, New Jersey, and I was raised in New Haven, Connecticut. 
And I moved to Erie almost nine years ago. January will be nine years that my husband and I relocated to Erie. Wow. That's cool. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. <clears throat> what were your favorite memories while growing up? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because when we, the very first time that my husband and I came to Erie, he actually said it reminded him of my hometown of New Haven, Connecticut, because it was also on the water. Um, a lot of beautiful, beautiful sights in terms of the greenery and the trees and so forth. And so one of my favorite memories of growing up in New Haven, Connecticut is exactly that. It's the water. Uh, we used to go to a place called the Lighthouse and it was called the Lighthouse, similarly to the Bayfront. But the difference was is that it was a beach and it had a big lighthouse on it. So we just called it the Lighthouse. There probably is some formal name and I still don't know what it is because we just referred to it as the Lighthouse. So the water was just like my one of my favorite things growing up um, in Connecticut. So when you see Erie's water, do you think of your childhood? I do very, very often. I love, love driving by the Bayfront and my husband and I go down to the peninsula. We run down there or walk down there and just, yeah, I do. I'm a runner and we take it all in. So the other thing I can tell you that I love about growing up in New Haven, Connecticut is that we had a lot of clam chowder and I love clam chowder. New England clam chowder is the best. <laughs> I don't know what clam chowder is actually. It's a soup. So it's soup. a hot soup and it has little parcels of clams in it. And the really good clam chowder, in my opinion, has a white broth and it has vegetables in it. And it's just very, very tasty. I forgot how I'm allergic to seafood. So. Oh, boy. Oh. Sorry. I'll eat some for you the next time I have it. Please do. <laughs> have all of it. <laughs> Oh, no, I forgot what I was going to ask. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It does. So, backing up with you uh, not being originally from Erie, what are the differences that you see in Erie and where you grew up from? Well, one of the biggest difference is the snow. So even though, even though we got a lot of snow in Connecticut when I was growing up, I have to admit, this is the most snow that I've ever seen in my entire life in one place and in one season. Um, but actually, I love it. Um, sometimes it lasts a little bit longer than I prefer, March, April, let's say. But other than that, it's pretty cool. Welcome to Christmas Town. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. So I remember my question now. So what's your favorite thing about Erie? Yeah. One of my favorite things about Erie, similar to um, the answer that I shared before, was the water um, because it's just so beautiful and it's so serene. The second thing that I love about Erie is just it's so, so easy to get around. Mm -hmm. um, I remember someone told me if you're driving more than 15 minutes, you're probably lost. Um, <laughs> and I think that's true. I love just the easiness of getting around because I lived in larger cities. I lived near Seattle, Washington, out on the West Coast. I lived in the Baltimore Maryland area. Um, and so I've lived in areas where the traffic is horrendous and you have to plan to be on the highway for a little bit. So it's really, really nice to just nice and easy. Here's like one of those like rare, small and peaceful towns that get a lot of snow. Like you don't really see that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when there's like snow one day and the next day there's no snow. Like, who took it? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just gone. Just like that. Yeah. I wonder if we're a snow globe. We could Might be. be. <gasps> snow globe. <laughs> and you could shake us up a little bit to make it come and then. Let's not get dizzy. <laughs> yeah. So 
Eerie. Um, what are some good things and the bad things you've noticed about Eerie? Yeah. Some of the really, I would say, challenging things that I um, notice about Erie is that um, we are trying desperately to grow and to be a city where people are attracted to coming. Um, and so it's just been interesting, even with the community college, there's, you know, debate over whether or not we deserve to have a community college. So those are some of the things that I find very challenging. Um, I would think having a community college is an awesome thing, um, not to get political, but I think it's very relevant because going to a four-year institution may not be for every everyone. And so having that option to earn an associate's degree or to earn a trade or to get a class at a more economical cost is really important. So I would say that's one of the challenges, um, coupled with the fact that, you know, we're growing in terms of the economic development. And so really just trying to give the town a facelift, which I personally believe it's more than deserving of that. So those are some of the challenges that I find uh, interesting. And some of the goodness, again, you know, you have the water, you have the bayfront, you have the peninsula, you have the um, water parks, you have, you know, good food as well. So a lot of great restaurants nearby. I love the perch, which honestly I had never had until I came to Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, so, again, a lot of really good wonderful things to embrace the community and just all of the nonprofits and all the goodwill efforts that are going on. I mean, the good things are endless. I don't really like that Erie wants to expand into a big city because I like how it is just a nice average sized peaceful little town. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that the difference for us from an economic development perspective is I don't know that we're going to be a big, big city or a big booming metropolis, but I do think we are trying to, you know, um, ensure that we are contemporary, that we do have some of the cooler things, I would say, that are available in other places. Um, so what that may mean for us is I don't know that we'll ever have a million people living in Erie, but I do think some of the really cool opportunities like the community college, like um, more diverse restaurants, like um, just being able to um, enjoy things in a, in a different, more contemporary way could be helpful. Um, so we'll see what that brings. And what do you think as, as ch being children's can influence? Uh, hold on. What do you think uh, us being children can do to influence Erie and to get it out there? Yeah, so I think um, you guys could do a lot of things because people listen to children, right? So I think you guys should have a voice, right? It's never too early to talk to your legislators or your Congress people, your teachers in school. Um, you're involved in the community by way of the urban university. So to share your thoughts and your opinions on what you would like to see. So when you think about the future of Erie, so when you think about working later on in life, and Erie, what is it that you would like to see? What do you believe would be beneficial to you and maybe your children, your children's children? So it's never, never too early to share your opinions and thoughts. And how do you think we can do that at the moment? 
Yeah. So again, at the moment, I think talking to your teachers, when you have guest speakers coming in, such as myself, to share those thoughts. Again, you're never, it's never ever too early to get involved in the community um, to showcase your thoughts. If you happen to run into the mayor, um, if you want to email the mayor, if you want to email the governor, you can do that. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, it's always important, as you all know, to be respectful when you're sharing your opinions, but there would be no harm in doing that. Awesome, awesome. Do you guys want to get into different topics? Because we're talking a lot about Erie and what we can do. And there's a few times where I noticed a few like redundant questions, which is fine because you're getting the hang of it. But let's try it. Do you have a, here, do you want this, Nancy? So you can kind of have like a list of some of the stuff you guys worked through in the beginning of some lists that you wanted to work through. And you can kind of pick some stuff off there to start up a new conversation. Eerie, eerie, eerie. Mm. Um, so did you go to school here too? No, I did oh. not. So I went to, so my education evolved in a, in a really interesting way and that I really love. So I grew up again in New Haven, Connecticut, and I attended public schools in New Haven, Connecticut, elementary through high school. And immediately after high school, I went to college. I went to Delaware State University, which is in Dover, Delaware. And I finished school in four years, my undergraduate degree, and I started working right away. So after um, I graduated from college, I started working with another insurance company. And I worked that with that company, like I said earlier, for about 22 years. And I lived on the East Coast, up and down the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and back to the East Coast, back to the Midwest. And then I moved to Erie um, to join Erie Insurance. So I'm very proud of that. Um, in between, I also did an internship um, during my junior year, the summer of my junior year of college, just before I started my senior year. So I'm an advocate for doing internships because I really think that helps you to learn and really get an immersion into what you believe um, you want to do after you finish college. And I also pursued my master's degree. So I earned my master's of science and human resources development while I work full time. So I did both and that was before you can go to school online. So I would drive to class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, I would work eight hours, drive to class, which was an hour away where I went to college, Towson State University. Then I would drive back home and do it all over again. So I did that. It took me about four years to finish my master's degree because I just did that personally as a personal goal. And um, at the time I could only take a class or two a semester. And so that's how I uh, earned my master's degree. And that was before tuition reimbursement. And I know I'm really dating myself here, but <laughs> but I think that's important. Yeah, what's sure. that? What's that one other job you were talking about for 22 years? Yeah, so I actually had a, a number of jobs within those 22 years. So I did auto underwriting. I did uh, commercial service as a service supervisor. I did human resources. And then when I moved, and that was all in Maryland. And then when I moved to Illinois, I worked in human resources again, and I worked in public affairs. And then when I moved to Seattle, Washington, I worked on the sales side. So I managed a group of people who recruited agents for this particular company. And then I went back into human resources and moved to Westchester, Pennsylvania, and worked in human resources for a while. Then I worked in claims up in uh, upstate New York. And then I moved to back to Illinois and worked in HR. And then I moved to Erie to work with Erie Insurance. 
um, hearing about human resources, what's something you think uh, your your people can do and make it more better? Yeah. So human resources is a really, really cool field. And that's because um, we basically take care of people from hiring to separating with the company. And so I always say to people, you have to leave the human and human resources, right? So we pride ourselves at Erie Insurance on the human touch. And so what that means for us in human resources is just making sure that everyone is under, they understand what they, um, what opportunities they have within the organization, whether it be training, diversity and inclusion, uh, the list goes on and on. But we're all about making sure that our human capital, our workforce um, is well taken care of relative to what Erie Insurance as an organization can offer. Daniel, any questions? Nancy's been firing them off really well. <laughs> I want to make sure as co-hosts, we want to make sure that we bounce the ideas back and forth, give everybody some time to... Co-host Daniel. <laughs> hmm. And there's some questions on the back here too that might be pretty good. I there so you could ask questions like this. You could ask questions. Hmm. Where was it? I had one, but I don't want to like interrupt. Well, no, if you want to go, because mm. I'm going to be talking. So I have one. So, okay. <clears throat> Were there times when you thought you couldn't do something while working? Were there times that I thought I couldn't do something while working? You know, there are always times where, you know, you want to be challenged. And sometimes when you're challenged, you may not be an expert or you may not even be good at doing something. So in those circumstances, you do your research and you ask questions. And sometimes you have to also be vulnerable, right? So it's Every, you're not going to always know everything, and I think that's a big, important part of leadership as well. Um, if you need help, you ask for help. If you don't know, you ask questions so that you can get the information that you need. When do you think when someone's being a leader kind of take it to an extent where they're not being a leader, but more so over controlling someone? Yeah, I think there is a fine line um, between being a, a leader, a good leader, and maybe not being a good leader. Um, so, you know, when you start talking about controlling and things of that nature, I definitely believe that crosses the line. And I think it's very apparent um, when you are working with someone or for someone or you're leading someone. And I just think it's important to give people the autonomy to do their jobs. And instead of, you know, controlling them and telling them how to do it, I think you have to allow everyone to be who they are and to accomplish a task in the way that they would want to accomplish it as long as the goal is being met. Exactly. So what, why did you choose like Erie Insurance, Human Resources? Why mm -hmm. not any other job? Well, that's a good question as well. So um, I would say that Erie Insurance chose me initially. So I, when I was working for my other company, I was contacted by a recruiter who asked me if I'd be interested in joining Erie Insurance or at least competing for a role. And initially I declined because I was very happy where I was. But after the person continued to call a few times, I agreed to have a conversation. And after having that conversation, I was very intrigued 
intrigued and I was attracted by not only Erie Insurance, but Erie the community. And so when I decided um, that I was hugely interested, I was very happy when I got the job offer um, to join Erie Insurance. And so I've not had any regrets. Um, I've never looked back and it's proved to be very successful. That's great. Thank you. So. What do you do at Erie Insurance? Mm -hmm. Well, my title is Executive Vice President of Human Resources and Strategy. And so what that means is I am responsible for the human resources functions, the strategy functions, the internal communication functions, and there are a myriad of departments that make up um, those particular areas. And like we talked about earlier, the human resources portion is basically everything from hiring to separating with an employee and strategy is really ensuring that the company is focusing and looking forward to see what is it that we need to do, what's happening in the marketplace and how do we ensure that our organization has strategies that will allow our, us to continue to be successful. In our communication portion, uh, we manage the internal communications, so everything that we need to communicate primarily to the, the entire organization with the employees, our communication team manages that. And so those are just some of the, er the things that make up the human resources and strategy functions. Were there times where you felt pressured while doing your job? Of course, of course. So there's a lot of responsibilities that come with the job. And so as a result of that, you want to do your very best. And probably like you guys are in school, right? When you go to school, you want to do your very best. And so a part of that means being prepared, research, studying, ensuring that you have everything that you need to be the best you that you can be. And so there are times where you may get a little uncomfortable, um, especially if there are topics or things that you're not familiar with. And so as a result of that, you know, you can feel that pressure, um, especially as a leader, to make sure that you're satisfying what people need, want, and desire. So our semester theme is direction, not perfection. What does that mean to you? Direction, not perfection. I love that theme. I really do. Um, and when I saw the theme, even though I saw the, the scripture um, that fed that, I automatically thought about Proverbs. I think it was, I think it's 16 and 9 that says that a man in his heart, a man can plan his course, but the Lord orders his steps. And that's what I thought about when I saw direction, not perfection. And the reason that I thought about that is because so often, you know, we want to, we all want to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. We all want to make sure that we're doing the right things for the right reason. And so there is no perfect human on this earth. There is no perfect human on this earth. And so I like the idea of we are going to establish our direction. Um, and we're going to do the very best that we can be. And we're not necessarily trying to be perfect, but we kind of sort of are recognizing that it's not, we likely won't reach perfection, not on this side of Earth. Tying into what Daniel said about direction of perfection, were there times where you took perfection instead of direction? 
Of course, <laughs> of course. So a part of, you know, becoming um, or being a perfectionist is striving for perfection. And we, again, we know that perfection is not always reasonable or realistic, but what we do know is that, or for me, what I've done is I try to just be the very best that I can be. And if I'm being the very best that I can be, then that's as perfect as I'm going to get. And so that is a part of when I hear perfection, that is a part of how I view it. Hmm. So how does your leadership influence influence or inspire the Erie City School District? Yeah, well, I a part of what we do at Erie Insurance um, on the leadership level, because I really believe everybody is a leader, right? No matter what your title is, no matter what you do, I see you guys as being leaders as well. I can see it in you. And so, yeah, and it's true. And so for, for us at Erie Insurance is we are committed to Erie, the community, Erie, the city, Erie, the county. We want to ensure that we are giving everything that we can so that, um, our children um, can be fully supported in their schools. We've been partnered with the United Way, uh, with the community um, role that we brought into the Erie City recently. And so having those community partnerships um, are very, very important for us. And so as a leader within the organization, I'm constantly promoting and encouraging. We do a lot with the Erie School the Erie schools. And so we're constantly um, offering volunteerism, whether that's to paint a school, to read to children in school. And so we do a lot of that um, to make sure that we're doing our part in the community to grow not only our schools, but equally as important our children that are inside of the schools. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> when, are, when, are there, <laughs> when are the times where you think working with children is not the best and then working with children is the best. Yeah, so I always think working with children is the best, right? So I really do because I think we have an opportunity as adults and as community leaders to influence you guys, right? So if you can have a conversation with a child and you can influence them, encourage them, motivate them and share your knowledge, that's all good stuff because I think we can all learn something from everyone. Um, just participating with you all today has been inspiring uh, to me because you both are very smart, clearly, and you're very eager, clearly, uh, to do an awesome job. And so it's really inspiring to me to see you guys you know, at work uh, doing your thing. It's pretty cool. Because of um, where I came, come from, I come from apparently the, they call it the ghetto area. Mm -hmm. And so going to, again, a community school where it's also a public school and where people always, um, they always judge it and stereotype it to be one of those schools where, oh no, no one there is smart. There's no kids that are smart there. They're all, they all come from drug addict families and whatever. Oh. Um, so being in th that kind of community, what do you think as kids we can do to show like, show us instead of showing those n fake and nothing, you know, nothing that it's the really stereotypes. The stereotypes. stereotypes. Yeah. Well, guess what? I also grew up in the ghetto 
and I also went to public schools. And I love sharing that story because there are stereotypes for us. But guess what? As long as you do your very best, I think that's the best that you can do. Give 100% of yourself, do your very best. And that to me speaks for itself. So you don't have to try to prove yourself to anyone because you're doing and you're giving and you're participating. Um, and I believe with that, coupled with some prayer and some consistency, that to me is the best that you can do. And you, um, there's a quote that says, do something today that your future self will thank you for. That's what I think it's all about. Doing something today that your future self will thank you for. So if you can imagine yourself 10 years from now, imagine that, right? You can imagine that, can you, Daniel? I don't know. <laughs> so if you can imagine your future self, you want to look back at yourself and be like, wow, I'm glad I did that interview because every experience leads to another opportunity. So whatever it is you need to do um, in terms of making sure you're growing yourself, you're learning, that to me is the best you can do because we do get stereotyped. It is unfortunate, but it's true. And you can prove everyone wrong by your action as opposed to your words. So how has your Christian faith influenced the pursuit of your goals? Yeah, well, my Christian faith, I would say, has been the foundation, the, the ceiling, the bookends of my goals. And I pray every single day. And it's not just praying, but it's also faith, right? So the Bible says faith without works is dead. And so I try to make sure that I'm just doing the very best that I can do and living according to scripture. And there's a lot in there. And every time I read the Bible, um, I find something new and different. And that's good. And that's okay. Because I think with every experience that we have, when you reread something that you've read before, based on your experience, you're learning something different. So my faith um, and my in my my prayer life really, 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 really has been just at the foundation of everything that I've done uh, personally and professionally. It's pretty cool. Now, a question I would want to ask on top of that is kind of because that is something that's so important to you, how did you come to that place in your life? Were you raised like that? Is it something you came to on your own? Mm -hmm. Kind of talk about that. Yeah. So I was fortunate that I was raised by a single mom and I was fortunate that my mom grew up in a family of faith. And so um, I started going to church at a very young age, attending, you know, Sunday school and what they call YPCL. I think it was young people, um, church leadership or something like that. But I spent a lot of time in church growing up. And, you know, when you get older, you kind of start thinking, you know, everything and you may not need as much as you did when you were younger. And so you kind of sort of stray away, but you always know that it's there. And so for me, um, when I started going to college, um, they had a bus that would take us to a local church. And so I decided while I was in college that I was going to still go to church. I didn't go as often, um, but I also learned in that time that it's it's about going to church because I believe fellowship is important, but it's also about your relationship with God. And because he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. You know, you can talk to him, pray to him every single day, any time of the day. And so that's a big part of who I've always been. Um, and so it's really been a part of my life for as long as I can remember, um, which is really cool because I think 
learning that when you're young, it really helps to keep thing in pers- things in perspective yeah. along the way. For sure. So. For sure. Were there times you wanted to stray away from your relationship with God? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of it, it just comes down to things happen in life, you know, whether you lose a loved one and you don't really understand it or you're not really mature enough in your faith and in your walk. And so you get a little disappointed, you know, but God knows that about us. Um, And that's why we have grace and mercy. Thank God for that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And so it's really nice to know that he made us. He knows us. He already knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He already knows our thoughts. He knows our ways. Um, I don't like to use that as a cop-out, however, because that's easy to do. Um, But absolutely, there are times where, you know, I may have gotten frustrated. And then you had mentioned people earlier. When you're involved in church and you're active in church, sometimes things can happen even in the church that can be disappointing. And you can say, well, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to happen here. But we all are people and we're all human and we all make mistakes. Um, But again, thank God for grace and mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So church and your childhood. Uh, Were there any times where you thought you couldn't make it or you just wanted to give up and So kind of what you're, because that that question Mm -hmm. is a good one. Sounds a little bit like the last one. Are you asking more for like a specific instance and like kind of how she overcame it? Because Mm -hmm. I think that would be important to like describe because Mm -hmm. otherwise she might just give the same answer thinking that either maybe you didn't hear her. So maybe trying to ask it in a more specific but different way. Mm -hmm. So as a childhood, what what were some things in church that you didn't like? Yeah. So as a child, I have to admit there wasn't anything in church that I didn't like. I was in the choir. I was an usher. Like I did everything that I could possibly do. I was in the plays, you know, especially when they did the Christmas plays and the Easter plays and things of that nature. But what would happen is when I got older and then I did start interacting and joining committees and things of that nature, there were times where, you know, someone may have said or done something that I didn't think was either Christian-like. And so um, the Bible tells us if our brethren offends us that we should go to them and love. And so there were times where I did have to go to someone and say, you know, hey, this is what I heard you say. Can you talk to me about what you meant? Um, And I do think it's better to ask questions than to make statements when you're asking people, especially if it's a controversial situation, um, because it's better to seek wisdom and seek understanding. And the Bible tells us that as well. And that there's a reason asking questions as opposed to making statements and assumptions are very important. So what are some of your hobbies or hobbies or activities? Yeah, well, some of my hobbies, um, I like, I definitely run. So I try to do at least 20 to 25 miles a week. Um, so I'll run on the treadmill or outside when it's warmer, not right now. <laughs> so I do enjoy that. Um, so the physical fitness is important and you feel better when you work out. Uh, the other thing that I enjoy doing is I enjoy decorating. So I don't know if you guys watch HGTV, but I am an HGTV like I'm just I love watching it because I love decorating and I love paint colors and I love just finding that really really cool piece or that 
thing that nobody else kind of wants, whether I'm in a consignment store or a TJ Maxx or whatever the store might be. Um, so I love decorating. Um, I also love reading um, and I like to do reading in bursts, right? And so now YouTube is available. So I like watching YouTube and just getting those quick immersions into a topic or a subject um, or things of that nature. And then the other thing that I love, 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 I guess I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but I love spending time with my husband. Um, <laughs> so he is a hobby, I guess, but I do. I love spending time with him and chatting with him or just sitting quietly and together and watching TV. I just love being together with him. Do people ever feel intimidated by your title in public or in uh, work? How do you say it? Like work in meetings? Yeah, I. you know, I think people may, but I think it's all in the person, right? So some people will take a title and the title makes them versus the person making the title. And so I try to ensure that the person, me, is making the title and not the other way around. And I'm also just so humble um, having been uh, selected for this role and placed in this role. And so I believe that it's important to uh, just remain humble um, because people can be intimidated by it. But I think when the person shows up, that determines how comfortable people are going to be or not be um, in your presence. That's so. for sure. Mm -hmm. does make a big difference. Now, something I did want to ask that kind of goes back to the original thing we were talking about, her personality and whatnot. With being in human resources, you seem to have a really like perfect personality with Ooh. dealing with people and stuff like that. Is that a personality you've always had growing up or something that you kind of found while being in the position of human resources? Yeah, I've, I I believe my mom, I'm sure, would tell you that I've always been an extrovert. Um, and I am an only, only child as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was always that child that wanted a sister or a brother or wanted to go hang out with the crowd. You know, um, I did have a lot of games at home like Jack's and things that I don't think very many children play today, bat and ball and things like that, that you can play um, as an only child. Um, so I would say that I think I was born with the personality that I have, but it absolutely has matured over the years through experience and dealing with all socioeconomic status from the poorest of the poor to the riches of the rich. Um, and then the different jobs that I've had, they've given me a lot of exposure and opportunity. Um, and so the main thing that I would say today is that I just always, always, always try to meet people where they are and not where I am. And ha yeah, so having the the uh, ability to kind of ebb and flow, no matter who your audience is, um, I think is critically important. Um, and that helps. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. When did you decide or figured out that you wanted to work in the the field that you're working in now, mm -hmm. like as a child, teenager, adult? Yeah. Well, people laugh when I tell them, you know, when people say, oh, well, what did you want to be when you were a child? You know what I wanted to be when I was your age is I wanted to be a maid. A maid? A maid, yeah. I did. And here's why. I know people, it's okay. You can <laughs> laugh. Go ahead, Daniel. I know you guys want to <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but um, I did. And a part of it was because I love to clean. Like yeah. I always cleaned everything. I felt like everything had a place. Um, there was no need for a mess anywhere. And so I always did that. And so I thought about that and I think about it often because if I had an entrepreneurial mindset, what I probably would have done is I would have been like the CEO of a cleaning company. 
Right. right. So when you think about there's a lot of cleaning companies out there that you may not be doing the job, but you know how good the job should be. Um, and then the second thing that I wanted to be was a designer. And so I think that's my HGTV <laughs> self. So when I think about cleaning, I used to also move furniture around in my little bedroom. I had a really, really tiny bedroom, but I would move the dresser around. I would kitty corner the dresser. I would place it flat up against the wall. I would move the bed in the middle of the room. So I think it was that whole designer in me and the creative side of me coming out and, and being expressed in that. That way what would have your child like child child you would have named the company i don't know if that makes oh sense. wow that's a good question <laughs> if i had a company if i had a company i'm looking at daniel i'm like hmm trying to through osmosis what would we had what would i had named this company daniel let's see if Daniel's I, usually good with these off the cuff kind of answers yeah but i have a very hard time making decisions <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if I if I had um, done that, I probably would have called it um, clean up. Clean up. Clean up. <laughs> clean up. Clean up. Clean up. Services. There we go. Clean up home <laughs> service or clean up services because that way it there could be go. commercial or residential. We'll keep the options open. That's right. Now that I know what I know. <laughs> choices and choices. Choices and choices. That's right. Well, that could have been a nice company name too. Choices yeah. and choices. Yeah, clean up. I clean like up clean services. up. Clean up services. So do you guys have any other questions you'd like to ask? If not, it's okay to want to wrap up if you feel like you've gone. Because the one thing that you want to make sure that you do with a podcast is you want it to seem as natural as possible. If you feel like people are like just conjuring up questions just to ask a question, a lot of the time that can transfer to the viewer and they'll see it as like, oh, like, okay, when is this gonna end? So if you do feel like you're at a point where you asked all the questions you wanted to know, don't feel bad if you cut short or what have you. So, well, but feel free to ask more questions. I do have some more questions, some other questions to ask. Now, what would you say was your greatest accomplishment? Yeah. So, you know, my greatest accomplishment, I believe, is the people that I've helped along the way. So I look at some of my friends, some of my family members. Um, I look at some of the people that I've worked with over the years. Um, that gives me such great satisfaction is to know that people either learn, they grew, they developed, um, or they're walking into their reality because of my influence or my support or my help. So I have a variety of people that I believe uh, would say that I was a big, big part of their growth. And so that for me is humongous. Now, bouncing directly off of that. Now, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. Okay. But what was your biggest failure, you think? Yeah, well, you know, I and I don't mind answering that question because we are, again, we're all human. None of us are perfect, so we do make mistakes. Um, I would say my biggest failure has probably been, you know, there were times in my life where I wasn't as patient as I should have been. So I think patience is one of those things, like, especially now, because we want everything like yesterday, right? Nothing can happen fast enough. We can't get things fast enough. And if I knew then what I knew now, I would have been much, 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 much more patient um, because I would say, okay, this has got to be done right now. And so sometimes I would just drive, 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 drive. Um, and sometimes you just need to get in the passenger seat and yeah. just chill out a little bit. 
So that would be something that I would say I would do different or, you know, if I had to do all over again. I did want to ask one of these questions on the paper listed. Uh, what was your first experience in the insurance field and what attracted you to it? Yeah, my first ins- my first experience in the insurance field was when I did the internship that I talked about in between my junior and senior year of college. And candidly, when I did that, when I got that interview and got the offer, it was really all about... Um, I have to, I needed to make some money so that I could (laughs) stay in college and take care of some personal things that I needed to take, excuse me, take care of. So honestly, my first experience was really about getting the experience, but also making some cash so that I could, you know, maintain some things. Um, But with that being said, um, it was an auto underwriter position. And so underwriting is basically to, to oversimplify it is you have an agent or an individual who's going to sell insurance, whether it's a renter's policy, a homeowner's policy or an automobile policy, the application comes into the underwriter. So the underwriter has to review it to make sure that it is eligible for coverage. And so that was my first experience um, with insurance. And I really liked it. And I have to admit, I was surprised because I wasn't sure, you know, am I really going to like this? And But I did. I liked it. And so that's why I stayed in the industry. And I didn't really realize all the careers that are within the industry. Because I think when you think about insurance, most people automatically think about sales or they think about claims. But there are so many opportunities inside of the insurance industry on the business front, the actuarial front, um, the human resources front, marketing. I mean, there are so, 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 so many opportunities within the industry. What do you like about uh, that? That sounds like what I said before. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) Well, maybe if you want to say the question, we can kind of work through how we can make it a little bit different. I wanted to say... um, throughout your whole job what were like okay so when you're when first first experience what did you like how did you feel in your first experience Mm -hmm. that's that's different so um nervous (laughs) is probably the best answer that i can give you even though i knew that i was interested and i was excited about it you still are a little bit nervous because it's new it's different probably no different for you guys right so the very first time you do something you might be a little bit nervous. You can be confident, but you can still be nervous. So I would say that was probably my first experience. Plus I was, I moved to a different environment. So I was working with people that I didn't know. And so all those change pieces come into play. And so um, that would be the one word that I would choose. (laughs) Now, the one thing I'm gonna say again, bringing this up is on your list, you have family education and hobbies and activities. So when we were doing the research, those were some kind of like three things that um, stood out about her. And she also mentioned one of her hobbies is she likes hanging out with her husband. And she likes just being with him. So one question I want to ask, and maybe you guys can ask some topics along family, is how did you meet your husband? Oh, boy. That's a long story, but I'll make it short. The short version is my husband has a cousin, and I have a best friend that knew each other, and they actually introduced us. When I met my husband, I met him over the telephone. Oh, really? Yeah. He lived in Atlanta, and I lived in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And so we met over the telephone and talked on the phone for about four months before we met. Wow. So, yeah, and I didn't have a picture of him. He didn't have a picture of me. So it was pretty unnerving, to say the least. 
a yeah. blind date. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask something, but it wasn't really, it, it wasn't about your husband, but okay. it was more about you. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to answer this or not, but you don't have to. Okay. So what would you, what would you tell your mother right now uh, as growing up as a single child? Um, what would you tell your mom? Uh, like one of your greatest I, I, I don't know how to explain it's this okay take your time because yeah. I, I know I think I, think I, know, I know what you're, what you're going, going with yeah it just takes a little bit of time to word it and that's okay yeah what do you want to tell your mo- mother just if you could tell your mother one mm-hmm. thing now what would it be looking back mm-hmm. looking back yeah I would tell her thank you for introducing me to Jesus that would be the biggest thing that I could thank her for because had she not um, done that um you know, I'm not sure, you know, where I would be or where my faith would be. And so that would be the thing that I would thank her for. And that's good. That's yes, awesome. that is. Do you guys have any more questions or do you think mm-hmm. this is a good place to kind of wrap it up? Hmm. Well, what do you think, Nancy? <clears throat> oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, what do you think your husband would Probably, like, what, what do you think your husband would say to your kids at the moment? Yeah. Well, we don't have any. Oh, no, you don't? No. Uh, I know. Learning so much. We don't have any. Oh, yeah. When we searched it up, she didn't, it didn't say anything about her children. Yeah, I don't have any children. However, through marriage, I have over 50 nieces and nephews. Wow. My husband comes from a very large family. <laughs> Look at Daniel's face. <laughs> oh, that's so, normal. Yeah. So my husband is one of eight. And so he's in the middle and we have not only nieces and nephews, we have great nieces and nephews and we have great, great nieces and nephews. So, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. I mean, we hang out with them over the holidays and um, I have a lot of cousins. I do have three cousins that I grew up with that are like sister, two sisters and a brother to me. Um, My mom and their mom were like sisters, but they were like also best friends. And so I do have the three cousins that I grew up with that are pretty much like my sisters and brother. So it's pretty cool to have that. And so their children are more like nieces and nephews to me than like second cousins. What could you tell your um, young teenager you, the angsty teen you? (laughs) (laughs) What would I tell myself Mm -hmm. from years ago? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would tell myself, you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) A little pep talk. Yeah. A little hair flip. Yeah, a little hair flip and you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Is there like a reason behind it? Yeah, I think because I definitely was um, very active, very involved and very much into people and church and school and community. And I didn't realize back then, um, I think I did a lot of things because I was an only child. So it was just like, once you go in the house, it's like, is you and mom and mom doesn't always want to play games with you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I think during the day, just having the opportunity to express myself in school or through activities in the community, it was just really cool. So that's why I say you go girl, because I really feel like um, I just did a lot intentionally. um, And it really made a difference with me being able to connect with people and engage with people and, you know, be okay with it. So, speaking of activeness, have you been active in our community? Oh, good question. Let's see. So, I have been very active in the community. So, I have served on the board of the United Way or the United Way Resources Committee. 
I've also served on the board of the Asbury Wood Asbury Woods, yeah. And I'm currently serving on the board of the Erie Community Foundation. And then on the state level, I'm also a board member of the Pennsylvania Workforce Development Board. So it's all about, you know, trying to figure out what is it that we need to do um, at the bequest of the governor, of course, to make sure that our workforce is ready and willing and able. And then I also work on or serve on the board of Team Pennsylvania, which is a bipartisan or nonpartisan uh, organization that really helps to try to promote bringing jobs to uh, the state of Pennsylvania. So a lot of activity there. And then I do things like this, you know, connect with you all from Urban University. Um, I've had an opportunity to speak with students over at um, the Eagle's Nest um, under Bishop Brock. Um, I've done a lot of different activities uh, such as this, and I really enjoy them because, again, it's another way to give back to the community. And I would also say at Erie Insurance, we offer a benefit to all of our employees where they can um, take time off of work to help in the community. And so that's another natural opportunity that we have to, again, just give back. So it's pretty cool. What do you think, like, what do you think would, would have changed if you didn't follow your faith in Jesus or you weren't introduced? You know, that, oh boy. The, the thought of that just almost makes me sad. <laughs> it really does, because I really do believe that my faith walk and not that I've been perfect or not that I've done everything right. But knowing that at the end of the day, the beginning of the day and in between of the day, I can always go to him. So if I'm, you know, disappointed or upset or something doesn't go the way I think it should go, knowing that he's always there. You know, if you call one of your friends on their cell phone, you might get a voicemail. If you try emailing someone, you may not get an email back. If you try texting someone, you may not get a text message back. But the one constant in life has been Jesus. Um, He's not changed. And I remember a quote that I read years ago that says, if God seems so far away, guess who moved? So think about that. If God seems so far away, guess who moved? Had to be us, not him, right? Because he's, he's ever-present, omnipresent, and always available for us, which is way cool. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Were there times you ever felt that he wasn't available or? Mm -hmm. I really, I've never felt that he wasn't available. I felt like I might have been, <laughs> been available. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's always available. Now, are there times where it's like, okay, God, I asked for something. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Um, and it, it may have seemed as though he wasn't responding. But there's a, a, a Garth Brooks. You guys know Garth Brooks. He's a country singer. He has a song called Unanswered Prayers. And it's one of my very favorite songs because there are times that we pray for stuff and God doesn't give it to us. And I believe he knows what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And therefore, any unanswered prayer is a welcomed unanswered prayer. Yeah, it's good. Daniel, do you have anything you want to add to? Hmm. I think we're coming to a pretty good natural close. Or just anything random. How about this? What's your favorite water brand? Water brand. Yeah. Fiji. Fiji. Ooh, yeah. Ooh electrics. Electrolytes. Electrolytes. <laughs> Electricity. <laughs> Electricity. Ooh, I was drinking and be like, woo. Delicious. <laughs> delicious power. Crisp. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So Fiji water is what I drink every day. 
As a matter of fact, I have a bottle in my bag. I'll probably pull it out when we're done. I'll, I'll be eyeing <laughs> Not it sponsored by Fiji. <laughs> Not sponsored. Right, that's right. <laughs> Please don't edit that part out. Message to Jake. Message to Jake. So Daniel started the podcast. Nancy, would you like to end it, finish it? Um, he can finish it. Mm-hmm. Daniel, do you want to finish it? <laughs> do you want to, Daniel? <laughs> so much pressure. How about you finish it, Nancy? Because that way it'll give you both a bit of an experience. I'm not really sure how to. Do I start oh, with something in my eye? So <laughs> one thing that you want to always do is you want to make sure that you recognize the guest, make them mm-hmm. feel valued. You want to recognize the listener. You can recognize yourself and your co-host if you like, but pretty much just giving a thank you to everybody telling them you'll see them in another episode or however have you. So wrapping up this whole podcast with me and my co-host, Daniel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We really appreciate that you've came here um, after like the whole busy thing at work and the office. Thank you for being here, Miss Dion Wallace Oakley. And we appreciate that you've just, ah, I can't even talk. You're doing great. Um, Thank you. Just thank you. Well, I really do appreciate you all inviting me. I really enjoyed the time with you all, getting to know you in a different way, too, even though I didn't get to ask you questions yet. Um, But I really... I guess the interview is going to not stop here. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. I sincerely appreciate the invitation, and I really did enjoy my time with you all. So thank you. You did a very, very, very lovely job. You really did. Thank, Thank you, you for your story with Direction and Perfection. You're very welcome. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Irving University is a ministry of the Erie City Mission in Erie, PA. Through this ministry, the youth of Erie are introduced and grow through workshops and after-school programs that break career exploration, academic enrichment, intentional mentorship, leadership development, and faith formation. Our podcast channel is to share our message that we all can be the change through the array of discussions by students, mentors, and guests that showcase our varied programs and experiences offered. We hope that you will be encouraged, inspired, and motivated to make a positive difference in your world.